There are many sports podcasts out there, but only this one is right on. We wrap up the AFC North with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals, and we announce the winners of our Father's Day giveaway today on the Right On Sports Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Right On Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Wright, and I'm here with my co-host, Marcus Wisner. Marcus, you guys get torn up by that tropical storm down there? Hey, man, we got a lot of rain. That's about it, but, you know, definitely blessed to be able to not have a lot of damage like we did back in 2018, you know what I mean? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. What was that? Was that Irma that did all that to you guys? That was, no, I'm talking about Hurricane Michael, brother. Oh, well, Michael, though. <laughs> that That's... That one goes without saying here. I th- I'm sorry. I thought you meant down in the Tampa area. I was. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Her- yeah, Hurricane Michael was. We're still trying to get together from that. You know, you know the house I'm living in. We're- we still got hurricane damage all over the place in this place. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, we got a lot of rain here over the weekend. Uh, played in that softball tournament Saturday. Uh, just poured rain on us, dude. And they never. <laughs> They didn't end up calling a tournament until like six o'clock that evening. So we played all day. Our our clothes are all drenched. I actually ruined a, a nice glove and a nice set of turfs. And all of it for ball. Because ball is life. Ball is life. As, as long as you had fun, that's it. Well, hey guys, we have a big show in store for you today. We are going to get to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Borough Bengals. We're doing all of it today. Really excited for this, Marcus. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good episode. I'm definitely looking forward to get the opinions of both Bengals fans and Steelers fans. So, I wonder if, I mean, the Steelers fan is one thing, but I wonder if the Bengals fan will be one of those people. Like we've talked to a Lions fan, we've talked to a Bears fan, and they both say we're going over 500. The Browns fan was about the only realistic subpar f- fan that we've had on here so far. That was realistic. The our Lions fan, our Bears fan, they both said, "Oh, we're going ten and six. So I wonder I, what this Bengals fan's gonna have. I'm gonna predict either seven and nine or eight and eight from this Bengals fan. Just just wait. Okay, sounds good. And of course, we have a Steelers fan who's actually on standby right now. But before we get there, we want to shout out one of our loyal sponsors over at Bo's Restaurant on 2304 Thomas Drive here in beautiful Panama City Beach. Oh man, uh, meat and two sides for ten dollars. They home make all their sides. They're, I mean, they have daily specials, different meats, and everything like that. And, and they have a breakfast menu now. They're open Monday through Saturday. Used to be Monday to Friday, but they knew that missing out on that Saturday business was a little wild. Shout out to Chef Chris for making that decision. But uh, six a.m. to two p.m. Make sure you go over there and show them some love and tell them that you heard about them from us and. You never know what might happen. All right, Marcus. Um, so we're going to record this Steelers thing. And then I think at some point in today's show, we're actually going to be announcing the winners of our Father's Day giveaway. Yeah. So we uh, already we already have the winners um, selected. And what we're basically doing is, um, you know, we're going to announce uh, the uh we're going to announce the locals first and then we're going to announce the out of towners right after that. So the gifts are going to be in order that we've um, stated that we're going to be going through there. So if you hear your name, you know, make sure you're obviously listening to this podcast because um, we're going to privately message, you know, everybody on Friday or the on Friday after it's released. So make sure that you're paying attention, you know, listen out for your name and hopefully you guys win. You get a nice little gift from everybody that uh, contributed to the Father's Day giveaway. It's exciting stuff. All right. So let's go ahead and do this. Let's bring on our Steelers fan and start talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are joined today by Josh Bauman. How you doing, Josh? Good. How are you guys? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for joining us uh, talking about the Steeler Nation. Yeah. All right, Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, lifelong Steelers fan. I live in, in Salt Lake City, Utah, so it's kind of funny how I ended up a Steelers fan. But um, basically my dad, you know, grew up in the 70s with the Steel Curtain and all those guys on their winning Super Bowls. And 
he became a big fan. He grew up in Pocatello, Idaho. Um, and then he became a fan of them. And then I was obviously, you know, born and everything. And that's how I kind of started to, to be a fan. And then when I really, really started getting like interested in, in, in the Steelers, like the first game that I remember was Super Bowl 40 against the Seahawks. Um, that, that Super Bowl win. And that's kind of when it cemented into me that I was going to be part of Steeler nation for my entire life. So, you know, it's ironic. Um, on our uh, Vikings episode, we had a Vikings fan who was from Utah, and obviously Utah doesn't have any, you know, football teams. And they watched um, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Randall Cunningham that that era, and that's how they became a Vikings fan. So it's interesting to see we got a couple fans from Utah, but with different teams, you know, across the country. Yeah, you know, I was uh, I, I in February. I was in Vegas for my honeymoon, and um, I, I was wearing my Steelers. Um, gear just kind of walking around and I kid you not like five or six dudes stopped me and were like hey Steeler Nation and here we go and we're talking and so one of them was from LA so I, I would argue that Steeler Nation has the biggest fan is the biggest fan base in all of pro sports I don't think that's a reach at all man I mean there's Steelers fans everywhere and I think you know unless you're part of the AFC North I don't know if anybody really hates the Steelers I don't I mean I like the Steelers don't you Marcus I'm a Cowboys fan, so there's that's a that's a long bit of rival, but yeah, you know. I was about to say those yeah, Cowboys well. fans probably probably aren't big <laughs> big Steelers guys. I I don't count Cowboys fans because I like to talk about teams that have been relevant <laughs> since the nineties. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but um, it's actually pretty cool, Marcus. I didn't even think about that. That he's the second person we've had on here from Utah, so we are building our West Coast uh our West Coast fan base here. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, man, let's go ahead and get this thing started. Um, I want to start with this. You had a very interesting last two seasons in Pittsburgh. Some of the yeah. craziest on-season, off-season drama that the NFL has seen in a long time, if ever. You lost Antonio Brown. You know, you traded to the, to the Raiders, which initially everybody thought that was just, you know, you just it was a trade dump. But now you actually show that you guys won that trade. Um, and then you lost Le'Veon Bell with the whole contract dispute and not paying him. And he goes to the Jets and look at that. He hasn't, he was terrible last year. Then you go eight, eight with Mason Rudolph under center for most of the season. Mike Tomlin deserves way more credit than he deserves. A am I right? Absolutely. You know, I, I think a, a common theme right now in, in Steeler nation is that, um, Tomlin needs to go. And, and I've even heard kind of across the league, you know, that Tomlin isn't he, he's underperformed for what he's had. You know, you mentioned having Le'Veon Bell and having Antonio Brown, you know, the killer bees for, for that time and they weren't able able to win a Super Bowl. And what I find funny is is you know, guys will say that about, about Mike Tomlin and then they'll come come back and they'll say, Oh, Sean Payton is a top three coach in the league and not to take anything away from Sean Payton. You know, he's in, in my opinion, he's the second greatest offensive mind in the league right now obviously behind Andy Reid but um Mike Tomlin has done I mean he's been doing more uh, he's been to another Super Bowl he's won a Super Bowl than Sean Payton so and, and I don't know that comparing them is is the best thing to do but but I definitely think that this last year um even though they only won eight and eight I think it was definitely his best coaching season since he's been the head coach you know with and it wasn't only Ben getting injured. James Conner was out for a lot of the season. Juju got hurt. Um, Vance McDonald was hurt a lot. Rosie Nix was out. Um, Stephon Tuitt, you know, a staple on our defensive line, he was out. And they're still able to pull 8-8 eight eight with, uh, you know, a pretty good schedule. So I definitely think that Mike Tomlin is, in my opinion, he, he's, he's the third best coach in the league right now. But that, that's just my opinion. Marcus, would you like to fix yourself before I uh, before I answer this question? I like to fix myself. Yeah. <laughs> did you not catch? Did you not catch what happened there? What's that? You asked him if he deserves more credit than he deserves. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> you call me out on my <laughs> stuff. I'm gonna call you out on yours. Yeah. Hey, you know it happens sometimes. 
<laughs> it be like that sometimes. <laughs> no, I um, you know, from an outsider perspective, Marcus and I have talked about this actually on this show a couple of times. And Mike Tomlin really should have gotten head coach of the year last year to go eight and eight with Absolutely. that dumpster fire Absolutely. team. I mean, there, I mean, who? Okay, Andy Reid. Who who got who head coach of the year last year? I'm sorry. I think it was John uh, Harbaugh, wasn't it? John Harbaugh. Okay, so Harbaugh, Andy Reid, those were probably the two guys that you could have put over him. But, man, fantastic job by Mike Tomlin last year. Definitely deserves more love than he gets. Um, and, you know, he he is he should be a model that some of these guys use when they look into if they want to hire an African-American coach. And, I mean, I know that we, we talked about, like, you know, we're two white guys. We're not really going to touch this whole thing. But – I do think that there needs to be more black coaches in the league, and I think that Mike Tomlin is a perfect, a perfect sculpture for what you would want in a head coach. I think so. I, absolutely. I mean, he's he's definitely lasted the longest. You know, uh, you know, you've got guys like Tony Dungy, who, by the way, is a mentor to Mike Tomlin. Um, you know, Tomlin's been a head coach longer than any other African American head coach. So I think definitely Tomlin is a good guy to turn to and and see that yeah these guys are you know they're fully capable of being head coaches which i i don't even know why we even have that argument i think you know anthony lynn is a great coach brian flores he you, you saw what he did in new england um and now he's trying to rebuild in miami so Fence uh, up. yeah i definitely agree with that all right, so let's move on here to this next question uh so big ben has been throwing and he's looking healthy but we know that you know, I mean, we just saw Eli retire. He was drafted the same year as Big Ben. How much longer do you think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the QB1 in Pittsburgh? Now, before you answer this question, Marcus and I ran a uh, we ran a show a couple weeks ago back when we launched about Cam Newton, and we both listed our five destinations on where we'd like to see Cam end up, and we both listed Pittsburgh to be the successor to Ben Roethlisberger. So answer the question about how long he'll be there and then maybe even react to us picking Cam to go there. Um, so, well, uh, first, I, I I think that Ben has definitely got at least two, maybe three more years left in him. Um, I think that taking this last season off with the injury, I think, is going gonna, is gonna to end up helping him. I think it was Bruce Arians that said, uh, he believed that Ben had been hurting for like the last two or three years. And, you know, that's when he was, you know, he took him to the AFC championship game against new England. Um, you know, they went 13 and three in 2017. So I think definitely he's got at least two and I, I, I could see him going for three. As far as Cam Newton, I, I disagree. I don't think that um, Pittsburgh is the place for him. Um, I, I, I think I would like to see them draft a quarterback maybe in this next draft um, to replace Mason Rudolph, first of all, as the backup. And then maybe, hopefully, you know, with, um, if we get lucky, we'll, we'll end up with kind of a Kansas City um, situation with Mahomes taking over for Alex Smith. But I think – I would rather see the Steelers draft a quarterback with the plan of him being the heir to Ben Roethlisberger. Cause, and that was the plan with Mason Rudolph. And I know that's what a lot of people are going to say, but I, what did they, Mason Rudolph is in his go going into his third year. So three years ago, it wasn't really the time I think to draft the heir to, to the throne. But I think in the next, if not this draft, I think definitely the next one is is a good time to do that. Yeah, I think he's only got maybe two or three years as well. I mean, especially with his age, you know, injuries are catching up to him. Father time's catching up to him. And, you know, Pittsburgh's got a roster right now that's not exactly terrible. I mean, they're going to compete not only for their division, but I think they're going to compete for their, the, you know, the conference. I mean, their offense is, is doing good. James Conner is in his final year. Juju Smith-Schuster obviously has a great connection with Ben Roethlisberger. We saw what he did without Ben. But, well... And they signed Eric Ebron in the offseason, who, yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal addition. Yeah, exactly. Great tight end. I mean, he went to the Pro Bowl in his first season with the Colts, but he was basically invisible when he was with the Lions. 
So I think that's going to be good for him, especially since their last tie-in I think they had was, was it um, Vance McDonald and Virgil Green? So that, that didn't go anywhere. Um, but I think, like you had mentioned, I think next year they next year or the following year, they do need to get a quarterback. However, if week one, week two, Ben goes down, then it better and it's a long term injury. Y'all better be tanking for Trevor Lawrence because that <laughs> that'll be a day one. See you later, Ben Roethlisberger. There's a new sheriff in town kind of thing. Otherwise, I mean, if you're looking to find a quarterback who's going to compete, and you know, if if Roethlisberger's out for you know eight to ten weeks, maybe longer, and you know you you guys still want to compete and not feel like the Browns for a season, Cam Newton's a viable you know replacement that could get you there and compete to, you know, that when he comes back in, it's kind of like when Peyton was out and Brock Osweiler came in, you know, Osweiler beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Peyton Manning came in and beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl. So you, you never know what, what could happen. Yeah. So speaking of your, of some things here, the off season, let's take a look at your draft picks. You had, you got Chase Claypool, wide receiver at Notre Dame. That was a really good pick. Alex Highsmith, uh, linebacker from Charlotte, Anthony McFarlane, junior running back from Maryland. Um, out of all the picks that you guys had, which one were you impressed with the most? Uh, I think the most impressive one has definitely got to be Claypool. Um, I think what what that shows is a dedication to um, Ben being the quarterback for the next you know couple of years at least. At least for the foreseeable future, he will definitely be their guy because, um, you know, with Ben in the game, I mean the running game is almost absent. They throw the ball. I don't even I don't know exactly what the number is, but um, a lot more than they'll run the ball. And um, so I think that shows a commitment to Ben being their, you know, the guy um, going and getting a big receiver. And I think I, I was watching a couple of Ben Roethlisberger highlights this last week, and I, I forgot about two guys who kind of remind who Claypool kind of reminds me of as far as their size. And the first one is Plexico Burris, who played with the Steelers, who, you know, he was a great target for Ben for a long time. The other one is Jericho Cotri. Um Two bigger guys, bigger receivers that Ben was um, – I, I thought they had a really good connection. And I think – I really hope that that's kind of the thing that he's able to build with Claypool. Um, I just, you know, I, like I said, I think that it's impressive to me that they didn't, you know, pull kind of do what the Packers did and go after their next quarterback when they've still got, you know, their franchise quarterback who's playing at a high level. Um, so to me, definitely it's got to be Claypool. I'm actually going to echo that. I absolutely love the addition of uh, of Chase Claypool here for them. I'm a I'm a Florida State fan, so I've played a I've watched my team play against Chase Claypool, and he absolutely destroyed us last year um, when he was at Notre Dame. You know, he's a thousand yard receiver last year. He kind of he kind of escalated every year as he went through college. Four year player there had over two thousand receiving yards in his four years. So he's absolutely a big target. The number that stands out to me was thirteen touchdowns last year. That's pretty good, especially for Notre Dame, who plays a pretty brutal schedule. So I want I'm just gonna agree with you on that one, man. That was uh that was an excellent draft pick. So let's talk about that other wide receiver though, Juju Smith Schuster. Coming off an abysmal year, at least by his standards and what we would expect to see out of him. Uh oh, where'd it go? There it is. Okay, he had 42 catches last year for 552 yards and only three touchdowns. Do you think that that was more of a lack of big Ben, or do you think that maybe he was just a little overhyped? Um, I think it's probably a combination of a few things. Definitely those two that you mentioned. Um. You know, his Pro Bowl year, who was on the opposite side of of the line, you know, was A.B., the, probably the best receiver in the game at that time, um, if not one of them. So I, I think Juju was not quite ready to be a, to be the wide receiver one. Um, I, I, I can see Deontay Johnson kind of filling in that role, and Juju can kind of go back to being that slot receiver that, you know, he's – I I, thought, I think he's one of the best slot receivers in in the league. 
as far as play, as far as playing out of the slot on the outside, I don't like it as much. Um, but I think I think it definitely you know he had a good connection with Ben, and I think that had something to do with it. Um, as well as the they just didn't really throw the ball as much as they did in prior years because Ben was not in the game. So I think you saw the running backs getting a lot heavier of a load. Um, and not to mention that Juju was, he only played 12 games. So he was, he was out for four weeks, which um, that also played it, played a factor into it. You know, it's crazy. This is like side topic, but still about Juju Smith. So there's a fantasy podcast that I listen to and Juju Smith is a part of this, this fantasy league. First round comes through is pick seven. Juju Smith has the opportunity to draft himself. He doesn't draft himself. So obviously there was no confidence in him that I felt. That's just like a side thing. Um, I personally believe that it was he was really dependent on Ben Roethlisberger more so than not having him, or should say than having a bad quarterback. You look at all the wide receivers that Ben has had from day one, and they've all been really successful. They've all been really, really good with Ben Roethlisberger. And then they leave Pittsburgh and they just they're they disappear. I mean, they honestly yeah. do. I, so I and it's it's sad to say, but I think you know if if Ben Roethlisberger is there for sixteen games, Juju Smith will have you know probably eleven hundred yards, probably nine, ten touchdowns this year. But if he's not even there eight games, we're going to see the same results. So the chemistry is great, but if people were to be like you know Juju Smith is a wide receiver one top 10 receiver he didn't show it last year and for a lot of people who play fantasy football they're pretty pissed that they drafted him in the first two rounds I, kyle weren't, weren't you didn't you draft uh juju no you drafted antonio brown <laughs> i draft i drafted oak oakland raiders wide receiver antonio brown no actually my dad drafted juju in the second round that's right yeah, that was that was that was great stuff. So <laughs> let's go to another player that you guys have on that roster, James Conner. Final year of his contract. You guys had the opportunity to draft who we talked on our uh, last episode with the Ravens, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, he was there. He, he was there. You guys could take him. You know, put some pressure on James Conner. Like, look, man, you know, you got to do good this year, or this job might not be yours next year. Um, by not getting a valuable running back or a top tier running back that was great in the draft, are you is Pittsburgh putting a lot of faith into James Conner, thinking that he's going to be the future back, or what is your opinion on on the running back situation? Um, I think this kind of goes back to the you know the fact that they're they're dedicated to Ben, um, and that's why they picked Chase Claypool instead of J.K. Dobbins in that second round. Um, I believe that it was like what three picks later that the that Baltimore took J.K. Dobbins, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, so I think it kind of goes back to that. And I'm I'm a big James Conner guy. I love the guy. You know, I I'd, I'd like to see him stick around. Um, I would. I can understand why they wouldn't want to keep him. He's he's got a very hard time staying healthy. Um, and I think last year that I, I attribute that a lot to his to the payload that he. He took on is when Ben went down, then all of a sudden, okay, we can't throw the ball, you know, 80% of the time. We got to now run the ball more. And so I think James Conner took on took on a lot of that until he got hurt. Um, but, yeah, I, I that, it's, it's tough to say because they did end up taking um, uh, McFarland. I think he was their third-round pick if I, or third or fourth. It was um, a fourth-round selection, third pick. That's right. Yeah. So they did, they did end up taking a running back and, and they did take a running back last year, last year in Benny Snell. Um, you know, we got Jalen Samuels on the roster. So I can see, I, I understand why they wouldn't focus a lot on the running back position, because I think if James Conner stays healthy, I, in my opinion, he's a top 10 back in the league, if not top five. So, uh, I think a lot of focus needs to go on him staying healthy. And I don't know if you guys have seen his training videos, but he's been training hard. So I think that's going to help him a lot in the long run. Um, but as far as your question, I think that 
the the main reason why they didn't take Dobbins is because they're dedicated to Ben, and so they wanted to get him a target. Um, and I would like to see James Conner stick around. I'm actually a James Conner guy myself. Uh, you know, his story is incredible playing college over there in Pittsburgh as well. Uh, beating cancer. He, he's an absolutely fantastic story. I do think they need to have a better security blanket. Maybe Anthony McFarland is that guy. I, I'm really not sure, but I, I do think that if, if you get one more, if you get one more year where, where Connor doesn't play half the year again, or it is all banged up again. I, I do think that they should maybe look into moving on. And I don't think it's in the draft. I think they should go get a guy, somebody who's in limbo, a guy like uh, a guy like Devonte Freeman, or who knows what, uh, what's going to happen with Dalvin cook. I, I get, I wish our Vikings episode would have been a little bit later now, but I, I think that there will be options out there for Pittsburgh. If after this year, if they have another year of uh, banged up James Connor, but we'll see. All right, so let's go on to the big part of this whole thing. The main point, we want to know what you're expecting from your team. So Pro Football Focus says that you guys have the second easiest schedule in the NFL. I don't think it's that easy. Marcus doesn't think it's that easy, but by wins and losses last year, you guys have the second easiest schedule in the NFL. So what is your win and loss prediction for your Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, I think based on the schedule and, and with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, him playing 16 games and with the additions in the off season, the targets he's got Ebron, he's got Juju, um, and and not to mention our, the defense, which, which is without a doubt, top five in the league. Um, I, I'm going to go 12 and four. I really am. And, and I know that that seems probably a little high and part of that is probably bias but I really do think that with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger because listen before you know last year obviously he was injured um the year before that they had all that drama going on with with AB the year before that they went 13 and 3 with a solid team and I think that's what you're going to see return and so that's why I've got 12 and 4. So I actually I have you guys at uh, eleven and five, four and two in the division. Um, like you had mentioned, you guys do have a very quality team. You know, Big Ben stays healthy. You know, last full season, Big Ben was playing sixteen games. He had over five thousand yards. Now I don't know based off of last year if that means anything because James Winston had that. Now he's a backup in New Orleans, but nevertheless, he was. Very, very valuable. He makes a massive difference to the entire team. And, of course, you guys robbed the Dolphins last year in getting Minka Fitzpatrick. Robbed oh, them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, listen, think, now, listen. We we talked about this on the Vikings show. Once again, throwing back to the Vikings. Um, but it's Minka was the same way as Stephon Diggs was there. It's like, as talented as he is, anytime you can get rid of somebody who doesn't want to be in that locker room, I think. I think Miami wins that trade. Yeah, yeah I, I disagree. But... I think I think the Steelers definitely win that trade. I think if you look at when they did the the draft grades and everything, they 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 graded the Steelers without having a first round pick. I mean, in my opinion, you know, they gave up their first round pick for Minka. There's no possible better first round pick because the guy was already proven to be a top safety in the league. We went and got him and look what he did. I mean, without him, I think it was Owen, Owen, Owen two, Owen three. Um, once he comes over then you know, we end up going eight and eight. So I, I disagree. I think the Steelers definitely got the, the best of that trade. Um, I agree, but I guess we'll see what happens. But yeah. So I, I have you guys 11, 11 and five. You potentially could go thirteen and three. It's, it's very possible, um, but I have your five losses to um, Tennessee, uh, Cleveland at home. I don't know what it is about Cleveland at home with you guys, but Cleveland some reason wins in Pittsburgh. I can't figure it out. Um, Baltimore on the road, I it may be biased, but I have you guys losing in Dallas. You know that's 
<laughs> it's gonna be a good game. I tell you, the last last time that we, you know, Dallas and Pittsburgh played, it was a phenomenal game. Came down to the um, sixty-eight yard game-winning touchdown by Zeke, and then I have you guys losing at Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo's got a top-tier defense. I mean, we can all agree on that. They picked up Stephon Diggs. It's gonna be his number. You know, Josh Allen's number one target. So that's gonna be a tough team. But overall, eleven and five. I have you guys taking the uh, the fifth wild card or the the fifth seed as a wild card. So I actually I have eleven and five as well, uh, pretty much almost down to the T. I have them losing a couple games that they probably should lose. I mean, I have them losing at Baltimore. I do have them dropping to Philly there in the interstate rivalry. Um, I have them losing to Cleveland in Week Seventeen on the road. I mean, like we said. They they just cannot beat the Browns in Week 17 ever for some reason, and and I have them losing to Buffalo, but I have them losing one game that they absolutely should not lose, but they always seem to there's freaking always one. lose. There's always one every freaking year. There's one game that they shouldn't lose and I'm they a, lose. I, before I you say you. it, I want to I want to pick I want to pick it. It's either Week 11 against the Jaguars or 13 against the Redskins. It's at the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say Jaguars. I guarantee you the I mean, Jaguars. They have Big Ben's number for some reason. I mean, even I before. I know Jalen Ramsey's not there anymore, and I know their That's defense is taking say, a big yeah. hit. But, dude, I mean, even before that, the Jags have always had Big Ben's number, and it's it's – I think that that's the fifth loss, but I do have them uh, sliding into the playoffs as well. Second in the division, of course, Baltimore is gonna Baltimore is gonna be pretty good this year again. But I mean, other than that, man, I'm I'm looking for a full turnaround here by the Steelers. Uh, Eleven and five from eight and eight last year with a full healthy roster. This schedule is not as easy as Pro Football Focus says it is. Anytime you have to go at Buffalo in December, it's not easy. I'll tell you what, I think I think the reason why they've got it so easy, I'm gonna take a shot at, at the at the division. I think it's because of the Browns and the Bengals. I mean two not good teams. You, you got the, the, the Ravens and the Steelers will compete for that division, but the Browns and the Bengals are you know, they're just they're just not good. So that's that's a shot at them, but they could take a shot at the Steelers too. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I don't blame you there. Well, hey, Josh, uh, we're going to give you a chance to deliver your final thoughts, and then we're going to go ahead and move on to the to the Bengals segment. All right. Well, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, this is actually the first podcast I've done, um, but this is fun. Um, just hope everybody is is not counting out my, my Steelers this year because if you do, then you're going to have a pretty rude awakening. I promise you that right now, so – um, go Steelers, and here we go. Josh, we appreciate you, man. Spread the word out there in the West. You got it. All right, man. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Bye. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Um, you're going to listen to one of our ads from one of our sponsors, and then we are going to tell you the winners of our Father's Day giveaway. And then after that, we'll be back with the Cincinnati Bengals. So stay with us. Are you looking to add a little bit of magic to your life? If so, maybe I can help. Hi, my name is Allie Sutherland, and I am an authorized Disney vacation planner as well as a Universal Studios specialist with Glass Slipper Concierge. As a travel agent, I help my clients personalize and plan their magical vacations down to the tiniest details. Through extensive training, I'm equipped to book all Disney destinations, including Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, and more, as well as Universal Studios and Universal's Islands of Adventure. And the best part of it, my services are completely complimentary. If you're looking to plan your next happily ever after, you can reach me via email at Allie, A-L-L-Y, at glassflipperconcierge.com, or you can direct message me via Facebook at Adventures with Allie, specializing in Disney destinations and more. It would be a great honor to assist you in your next adventure, and always remember, you got a friend in me. All right, guys, we are here to tell you the winners of our Father's Day giveaway. Congratulations to the following people. The winner of a $25 Bose gift card, courtesy of Chef Chris over at Bose Restaurant, and a Slappy Mama gift bag, courtesy of Leanne Sports Ruber over at Team MVP Real Estate. Uh, that is going to go to Colby Mongold. So congratulations, Colby. Yeah, next uh, gift that we're giving away... Uh, the winner of this uh, prize is the $50 gift card to 
Juan Taco, courtesy of KL Skaggs. So thank you guys again for all your support. The winner of that is Bo Green. Oh, big Bo. Congratulations, bud. All right. The winner of our Riot gift package, which comes courtesy of Jason Turk over with Riot Sports. That is going to go to Wild Will Dittman. So congratulations, big guy. And one of the uh, most anticipated gifts that we've uh, been advertising, because obviously this came from Kyle and I, is the $50 gift card to Fanatics. And the winner of this is Lena Snell. So congratulations, Lena. C- courtesy of Right On Sports Podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> gotta throw that one. Gotta throw that one in there. <laughs> no, so uh, okay, so guys, I'm just gonna throw this in real quick. You're gonna hear two women names called. These are just both women who post for their husbands who do not have social media. Husband or father, however it went. I'm not 100% sure. But they don't have social media, so we we checked all this. All right, and our big final gift, uh, $50 Visa gift card, also courtesy of KL Skaggs Heating and Air LLC. That $50 Visa gift card goes to Tisha Van Horn. So congratulations to all of our winners. And from the Right On Sports Podcast, from myself and Marcus, thank you guys so much for helping us raise the next generation of sports fans. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, Just from the fact of just sharing the posts and just engaging outside fans and growing our community, um, you may not realize it, but just from from this uh, contest alone and the participation, we've actually increased our fan base by, I believe, 115 followers. So thank you guys so much for every every bit of this. Uh, it means a lot to Kyle and I. Absolutely, guys. All right, let's, uh, let's get into the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, welcome back, everybody. And if you were listening during that break, we announced the winners of our Father's Day giveaway. So congratulations to those people whose name was called. Can't wait to get this stuff out to you. So make sure you get a hold of us if we don't get a hold of you first. So That was pretty cool, Marcus, to be able to reward the next generation or the, the dads that are helping us raise the next generation of sports fans, of, of fans that will be forever disappointed in the Dolphins and the Cowboys exactly exactly you know maybe my daughter might be a bucks fan and then you know she won't know what tom brady is so she's probably <laughs> gonna you know have mediocre success as a bucks fan or maybe the only thing she'll look forward to is the draft you know who who knows <laughs> maybe she'll be a maybe she'll be a florida state fan and get that one championship every 20 years and it'll be just enough that, that's okay <laughs> all right hey before we get started here with our cincinnati Bengals fan we want to shout out one of our great sponsors kl skaggs heating and air llc marcus these guys these guys work from like 6 a.m to 10 p.m they work on weekends they never stop going and they're out here putting in hard work to make sure the people of bay county panama city have working air conditioners and the whole system the whole what is that expression that old people use kitten caboodle is that what it is everything I, i'll never do that again marcus i'm sorry i see your face i'll never i'll never say that again but um so just give these guys a call if you need any help with your ac system 850-238-5414 only 69 dollars for a service call so not bad at all most people charge triple digits to even talk to you on the phone All right, so let's get into this, Marcus. We have a Cincinnati Bengals fan on the line, Keith Wilson. How you doing, Keith? Good, buddy. How you guys doing? Hey, we're doing good on this side of things. We just, uh, you're the last team in the division that we're doing, and I'm I'm sure you know a thing or two about being last in the division. We're there often, and I feel like I have this conversation every decade, and um, I think we're going to turn that around, though, so we'll see. We'll see, man. We have a lot to get into today, but thank you for joining us. It's going to be a great, great little segment here. And I mean, of course, why not? We were bickering with each other about this before we came on the air here. But the number one question, I mean, it's a no brainer. You guys just drafted Joe Burrow, number one overall. He had one of the greatest college football seasons ever in the history of the game, like 60 touchdowns or something like that in the SEC, which is just ridiculous. So, oh, okay. 
I completely jumped over something. So I'm going to finish this question. And then um, I want you to tell everybody about yourself first and then answer this question about Joe Burrow. Okay. Usually, usually <laughs> I have our, everybody introduce themselves, but I'm actually pretty excited to talk about the Bengals for some reason I that I can't yeah, answer. I mean, it, we're, two of 14 teams are pretty exciting, so I, I get it. <laughs> Oh, but knowing how your franchise is right now and all the other pieces you have, do you think that Joe Burrow is the guy that can turn it all around? Look, guys, if Joe Burrow cannot turn this thing around, nobody's going to ever turn it around. We've been close. It just hasn't happened. Um, You know, he's the biggest touted prospect since Andrew Luck. Nobody was calling this guy a bust in the draft. He was a no-brainer pick. Um, you know, we've tried this thing with Palmer. We've tried it with Dalton. We haven't won a playoff in God knows when, probably 1988-89 season. I don't even remember. I probably wasn't barely alive. Um, so Joe Burrow, we got to put all of our faith into him. And um, he's not going to be our, our one, one-stop solution for this whole thing. It's going to take more than him. Um, but it's the most important position on the field, and he's a huge upgrade and a step in the right direction. And I know as a Bengal fan, all of Houday Nation is pumped for this guy. So I am a pretty big Joe Burrow fan. I mean, the dude is just absolutely, I mean, you talk about calm, cool, and collective. I mean, I love the dude. Like, his Twitter page is probably, like, the greatest thing as far as if you're looking for, like, an athlete to follow. I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, it's really great to see, you know, a guy who got drafted number one, and he doesn't, like, show that, like, cocky, like, well, when I say cocky, I mean, like, I'm number one, like, I better than everybody else. Like, he's... I mean, Joe Burrow, I mean, the season that he had in LSU, you can't even do that on a video game. I mean, he did it lights out. It, he's going to he's gonna have some challenges. It's going to be a rocky road. You know, rookie head coach coming in, you know, which we're going to ask about that later. The a bottom feeder offensive line as far as rankings go. Uh, you got your number one wide receiver is banged up. You've got some issues with the defense. So, He's going to come in. He's going to have issues. But as far as, if, like you had said, if you're looking for a guy who's going to come in there and the best opportunity, I mean, Joe Burrow is going to be that. And if you guys don't don't push him too much, he'll be there for 10 to 15 years and you won't have any, any worries with it. He's going to compete in this division once Big Ben is out of Pittsburgh, I believe. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that. Um you know, quarterback's most important position. We see that in Kansas City. Obviously, the Texans are really good because of one player, um, on the offense at least. And it's a centerpiece, and you got to have it. And the AFC North is a tough division um, filled with great quarterbacks. So Lamar Jackson was the MVP, great quarterback, still developing. And that's scary. you got to compete with that for basically his entire career. All right, Keith, I mentioned earlier that I completely skipped over this part of the show. So go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to everybody and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure thing, guys. Uh, my name is Keith Wilson. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, originally. Uh, I live in Baltimore currently. Um, so I'm in the belly of the beast in the backyard of the enemy. Um, but I'm a huge Bengals fan, always have been a diehard. Uh, started my own blog. I run BengalsGM.com. Uh, back in January, I started the thing just to be a fun Bengals uh, fan perspective on on life because everybody's so um, so official about stories and nobody takes the TMZ approach of things and it's really funny to see like uh, what's what's a player's life actually like and what do people actually want to talk about as a Bengals fan and it's fun to do that it's fun to talk about Bengals stuff and so um, you know I'm, I'm kind of ingrained in the community now it's been a lot of fun. That's so you're from Cincinnati originally. Are you a Reds fan as well? I am a Reds fan. I'm not really into baseball as much. Um, I remember the glory year of 1990, um, and you know the big red machine was big with my parents. Uh, but uh, you know, it's I a little bit I follow them, but not like the Bengals. Well, I'm a big Reds fan, so there's that. Cool. And I'm still dealing with the heartbreak. So on to you, Marcus. Well, you said you wanted to discuss the uh, Joe Burrow thing before I moved on to the next question. <laughs> oh, you're gonna make me do it? Yeah. Go ahead, man. You all right. So listen, I um I'm not sold on this, man. I mean, Marcus, you have the numbers. I don't know if you have them right in front of you, but you've had them in the past. Number one draft picks, number when it's a quarterback are usually 
they usually have a bad track record. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking like if you're looking at the track record, but it's also because the teams that draft them are pretty terrible. I mean, right. Besides your number one picks of Peyton Manning, Matthew Stafford, I mean, you can't. I mean, you're not going to compare him to you know Stafford, Luck, Manning, but you can't compare him to Jamarcus Russell either. Or you know, Jameis Winston is probably going to be your your middle, like a scale of one to ten. Jameis is like that five six. Jamarcus is a negative three, and then like Stafford is like eight. And then Manning is obviously at nine and a half, ten. So Joe is definitely going to be better than Winston, but he has a worse team. But it's just a matter of you know, like the Bengals can't give up on him; they they, they just can't. And when, when I see that, because I've felt that in your heart, Kyle, that better than Jameis Winston, Joe Burrow's not going to turn the ball over thirty six times. He, he's just not. It's not going to happen. I think he's. I think he. Has, has more capabilities to not do that, especially if he's in the league for five years. I also don't know if Joe Burrow will throw for 5,000 yards while being sacked 50 times. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> no, like the only reason I'm, I'm a, I'm not against Joe Burrow. I, I never want to see somebody come into the league and fail. And especially the Bengals. Cause I have friends and family who are all Bengals fans and that, I'd, I'd really want to see this work out, but I don't think they did enough around him. I don't think they did enough to protect him, and I don't really know. It took this guy five years at the collegiate level to really catch his groove, and he had the transfer from Ohio State because he wasn't good enough to play there. And I mean, obviously, he got to LSU, and he had an incredible year, an incredible year, and I use that very, very tightly because he had one incredible year, and th- this is the only thing I'm worried about, and I just don't uh, – I don't know. I hope I'm wrong because the Bengals deserve it. Bengals fans deserve it. I'm tired of watching Pittsburgh and Baltimore win that damn division every year. But it's just a little outsider thought. So I'll throw it back to you, Marcus. All right, so let's go back to the draft for us surrounding the pieces with him, like Kyle mentioned. Let's talk about one piece that I absolutely love. T. Higgins, first pick in the second round. I mean, come on. The guy who had a first-round grade – was the number one receiver in Clemson, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence's guy. I mean, that's that's awesome. You guys have another good rep- a potential replacement for AJ Green, but there's already been chemistry, you know, showing off season with those two, with you know Burrow and Higgins having that chemistry throwing the ball. You guys will have, as mentioned, AJ Green. You have Joe Mixon at running back, T. Higgins, John Ross, Auden Tate. I mean, those are some solid pieces. Um, could this team win a few unexpected games this season and potentially lead them back into a playoffs in the near future? I hope so. Um, you're right about Higgins. I mean, getting him at 33, huge surprise, huge upset, first-round grades all around. I thought we were going to get a linebacker like Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen, but they were off the board. And uh, like you said, we have Tyler Boyd, who is the, had the third most slot yards in the NFL in 2019. And all the other guys you mentioned, studs. There's so many wide receivers in that room to catch balls. We just got to give them enough time to throw them. And, you know, that's the big concern is that, yeah, we can get to the playoffs, but we need to make sure that Burrow's upright. And as you mentioned earlier, we haven't done enough on the offensive line to make sure that he can make those passes. He's a really accurate guy, but accuracy is great when you got more than two seconds in the pocket. And that's the big concern. How do, how do we fare with that? If we don't make that investment at some point, you know, Burrow is not going to take us to the playoffs because we can't run the ball, we can't pass the ball if we can't block. No, I completely agree. It's, I mean, I've already pretty much um, aired my grievances on the rest of the team there. I do think the wide receiver core is really strong in Cincinnati. Guys like uh, A.J. Green coming back healthy hopefully this year. You already mentioned Tyler Boyd. I think Auden Tate is the guy that needs to get a little bit more love because he stepped in in a big way when both of those guys were injured last year. And I think T. Higgins, we talked about this, Marcus, a couple steals in the NFL draft, and I think T. Higgins was absolutely probably – I mean, if not the biggest steal, the second or third biggest steal of the draft. I, I kind of put it up there with Jalen Hurts to Philly because I think that if there's a playbook for Lamar Jackson, there's a playbook for Jalen Hurts. But moving on here to the rest of the team, we're going to go to the running back core here, and more specifically Joe Mixon having some contract disputes. They're not going really well so far. 
do you think that Joe Mixon deserves a big contract extension, or do you want to see the Bengals get some value out of this guy before he before they pay him? And the reason I ask this is because look what we're dealing with with Dalvin Cook right now. Mixon's another one of those guys. Like if, uh, I think same running back draft class, if I'm not mistaken, if not the year after. Um, guys that are asking for money who we really haven't gotten this work out of. So how do you feel about Mixon? Well, I think Mixon has certainly earned a big-time deal. Um, you know, he's a he's a good catcher in the backfield. Uh, he's obviously a great runner. Uh, what he doesn't do well is block. Um, that's why they put Giovanni Bernard in there to help blocking in the shotgun. Um, but you're looking at a guy that's probably going to get four years, $14 million a year, and that's a pretty high, you know, paycheck to put against the cap space. And running backs are pretty disposable, but great running backs are seriously indispensable in this league right now. And Mixon's a top-tier guy. So if it came down to it and I had to pick between, like, Mixon and A.J. Green long-term, I'm going to go with Mixon because he's younger and he's proven himself. He's got nothing else on our team to prove, quite honestly. He's a great player, but it's all about can we fit him in the cap space. And with Dalvin Cook, uh, obviously, already said that he's going to hold out in Minnesota to see if he can get a bigger deal, or or a big deal, I should say. you know, Mixon's price is going to be driven by whatever deal that occurs up there. And that could drive it up past $14 million a year. And at that point, it's like, well, you know, where else do you want to take that money and invest it? Because it might not be worth it for a running back that, you know, could be a plug and play position depending on your offense. We we obviously can spread the ball out with wide receivers. So do we become more of a pass heavy offense? And, and the running back is more of just, you know, the guy that changes the speed a little bit. Yeah, I think, um, Mixon's going to get a deserving contract. Is he going to get something like top five? I don't. I don't see it unless the Bengals and Bengals fans know something that we don't. Now it could be because obviously the weak offensive line. He has no. He has no pockets to run. You know, he has no holes to run through. They collapse. You know, they try to you know run to the outside. Doesn't work for him. His individual talent might be might be worth it, but. If there's no production, obviously, you know, you're not going to pay somebody for, like you mentioned, 14 million a year if he can't, you know, break a thousand yards. Um, I think he's going to get something. He could get it around Le'Veon Bell because, I mean, Bell is just terrible and he got a great, he got a very good contract, you would say. Um, He's not going to get Todd Gurley because uh, there's very, very, very few running backs who are going to even get above that. And when you hit the Gurley market, um, Let's just face it, the Rams are going to be um, hating the fact they gave him this contract. And then, you know, two years later, he's with the Rams now. Um, again, I think Joe Mixon does deserve a, deserve something, but if his price is just too high, I mean, you might as well trade him and get something valuable in return before he just becomes, you know, you get nothing from it. You, you don't want that. All right, so let's go to um, the next question here. Uh, we're talking about head coach Zach Taylor. Uh, he was the quarterback coach for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, obviously, worked with uh, Jared Goff during, in, you know, uh, Sean McDermott. You know, the great coach. You know, the offensive guru, McVeigh. Oh, Sean McVeigh. My apologies. Um, you know, the McDermott's great the offense guy, right? Was that Sean? Yeah, yeah, it's with yeah, the Bills. Okay. Yep, um, Sean McVay, wonderful coach there, and, and you know the Rams they had a great offense there. Um, what kind of expectations do you have for your new head coach after dealing with the long and drawn out draining saga of Marvin Lewis? Well, I'll be honest the uh, the jury is still out on the um, the the New Day era, as people are calling it, the Zach Taylor era. I mean, we went 2-14 and 14 last season, and I understand it's not his team he didn't put together. Um, it was his first season as a head coach. Uh, coming off of the Marvin era is really tough. I mean, he was there for so long. Um, but his first year, Marvin's first year, he went 8-8 eight and eight at least. And um, the team wasn't as good as what he's, he's going to put together this year. So I think really Zach Taylor got to pass on season one. And season two is you better start winning some games. Um, he wasn't my first choice, to be honest with you guys. Um, Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City was probably a better hire choice, uh, or even Jack Del Rio, who's now in Washington. I would have liked those guys instead. Um, but, you know, you got to give the guy time. It can't be like Cleveland where it's a revolving door every year of coaches. Um, you have to give these guys a chance to put together their schemes, coach these guys up, 
and um, get the player personnel in there to match their schemes to, to see if they can actually win. Um, and certainly Burrow is going to be closely tied with Zach Taylor now. They're going to be uh, arm in arm and hip and hip. And if Zach Taylor can't win with Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor is going to be th- uh, thrown out the door and we're going to find somebody else that can win because you, do, you don't spend a number one overall pick and not expect to win in two to three year time period, especially in the NFL today where you need to be winning with a rookie quarterback contract because the money's just too big when you have to resign these guys. So I completely agree. And I mean, if there's one thing we've learned about the Cincinnati Bengals, it's that they will, they will keep you around for a little while and give you a, keep on giving you chance after chance as we saw with Marvin Lewis for so, so many years. Um, I actually uh, had a chance to talk to Zach Taylor when I did the radio gig. I, uh, it's the same place I was talking to Matt Patricia, coach of the Lions. They were both the coaches in the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama this past year. Uh, the whole Bengals coaching staff represented. I think they were coaching the South team. But either way, he's a very smart guy. He's he's pretty laid back down to earth. But I, I don't know if that down to earth attitude is what you need to have with a team like the Bengals right now. I, I do feel like they, they maybe need that guy who's going to come in there, whip everybody into shape, but we'll see, you know, like you said, the jury's still out on Zach Taylor. He still has plenty of time. Uh, He has a great attitude on him and he's very optimistic. And I mean, they did just get, like you said, the highest touted college quarterback in a very, very long time. So only time will tell. So let's go to the defense here. A couple nice upgrades on the defensive side of the ball. DJ Reader coming over from Houston, along with Trey Wayans and Mackenzie Alexander from the Vikings. Are you happy to finally see management make some moves on the defensive side of the ball? Absolutely. I love it, and I'm shocked. We have not seen this in the history of Mike Brown. And we're not sure if maybe Mike Brown's like secretly dead in his office and, and Katie Blackburn is is deciding to shell out all of his or inheritance cash on these guys. Um, but it's, it's great to see. And, and it's nice to see that we're bringing in really big names like DJ reader, who's now the highest paid, paid nose tackle in the NFL. Um, but we also picked up a guy like Von Bell from the saints. Nobody saw that coming. And that's super exciting for us. That was a luxury, strong safety pick. We had Sean Williams. We bring in Von Bell clearly a pro bowler. Um, it's just a, a new era for the Bengals, I think. And we're replacing bad guys like Dre Kirkpatrick with Trey Waynes and upgrading the Darquez Denard with Mackenzie Alexander. Um, you know, these are, these are guys that we can rely on on a terrible defense last season. And then we went out and got Josh Bynes from the Ravens. Uh, and he's going to provide some leadership to this young draft class that we're going to fill in the holes on the linebacking core with. Um, so it's it's really exciting, but I'd like to see more investment. Everybody's clamoring to see somebody like a Larry Warford from the Saints, uh, the guard from the Saints signed to the offensive line or a replacement to Bobby Hart, right tackle. Um, so I feel like, yeah, I'm excited, but they need to do a little bit more. And maybe that's planned for year two. But right now, it's it's exciting to see that there is some sort of change. It's not the same old Bengals that are going to get enough wins to like, Get the get the fanhood excited enough that they're going to buy some tickets, maybe squeak in as a wild card and then lose in the playoffs because we tried that for about ten years. It didn't work, so it's it's something new. And um, you know, as a fan, I'm pumped. Yeah, it's slow, slow, steady. I mean, you can't expect to go out and get top tier talent and spend all of your salary cap because that doesn't make any sense either. Um, I think it's great. I mean, it's nice to have you know, a nice, you know, a team that has been terrible for so long come through and, you know, shock the NFL. And we have another, you know, team talk about like, whoa, like we're talking about the Bengals. I mean, that that sounds, I mean, it sounds really cool. Like you mentioned, you know, that the whole time you had Andy Dalton, Dalton was there. He, I mean, he got you enough wins to possibly get the wild card. And it was like, well, that's it. Season's over. Let's let's back it up and go home. Uh, You know, you had, Almost a, a decent year, you know, when before Carson Palmer got hurt, I think in that wild card game was it his Achilles or his ACL or something he tore, but um, they had a really decent year that that year. But other than that, I mean, it's been pretty much the same ever since then. I think with Trey Wayne's and Mackenzie Alexander in Minnesota is going to help, and obviously too, y'all got rid of Vontez Burfick, which I mean, let's face it, that needed to happen 
for a while anyways. We, 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 we all have a place in our heart for Vontez Burfecht because we never had a nasty man on defense. We didn't have the Ray Lewis where just angry playmaker. And um, Vontez brought that, but he also brought a lot of headshots and penalties and controversy. And, you know, maybe the juice wasn't worth the squeeze after a while. And he really hasn't done much since he went to the Raiders either. So, um, you know, good luck to him. But, you know, it's time to move on from somebody like that kind of guy. So I'm going to throw this back to Marcus here in just a second, but I want to ask you a little side question that we had on here. And if you don't know, I can edit this out. (laughs) So uh, this is a complete uh, just throwing the ball up in the air question. Uh, We're big Florida State fans here, so we um, we're hoping to see guys like Auden Tate do well. But you guys also signed uh, Jaquez Patrick out of the XFL from the Tampa Bay Vipers, who was, uh, I think, if he was in either the second or third leading rusher in the XFL. So what's the feeling for Bengals fans about Jacquez Patrick, if at all? I don't think Jacquez Patrick is going to make the team. He'll be on the practice squad, but we're we're pretty deep at running back. I mean, there's just not enough balls to go around. I think we're going to be a pass-heavy team. Obviously, Mixon needs balls to get going, right? He needs to get the carries. And then Giovanni Bernard is kind of the, the speed guy that, um, catches out of the backfield a little better, uh, makes the blocks. But between those guys, they probably get 95% of the snaps. And then we also have, you know, depth at the running back position. A couple of hurt guys last year, so, so you didn't see them. But, um, you know, I, I just don't see a guy from the XFL unless he blows people away in preseason with carries. He's got to still beat out Rodney Anderson, Travion Williams. That's tough, man. These are big-name players back in college. And, you know, XFL is great, but it ain't the NFL. Absolutely. So, Pro Football Focus has the Bengals uh, the sixth easiest schedule in the NFL. But as obviously, as a fan, I'm sure you know, there's still a long road away for your team to be considered what we call a top-tier team. Um, so, give us a reasonable record, but also give us a record as a fan what you'd be happy with. Well, I guess I'd like to say no schedule is easy in the NFL. There's so much parity in the league that it's, it's crazy to see. And, and usually everybody comes out a little equal on, on how hard things end up. Um, but personally, I think a reasonable a win is, a, is six wins. Um, and I think that's both realistic. And I think that they're going to get it. I mean, I see them beating teams like the Chargers, the Browns, uh, the Jaguars, the Redskins, the Giants, and the Dolphins. And those are legitimate teams that we can beat. Outside of that, it's, you know, going to be hit and miss, and we're not going to go from 2-14 and 14 to a playoff team. It's just not realistic. Um, you know, this is the year to rebuild and get some wins, more than two wins. So six wins is a nice step. Anything past that is just a luxury. And, you know, maybe next year we compete for a wild card. And then 2022, it's Super Bowl, baby. That's when we go, and that's when we win it all. So, um I I do not have you beating the Dolphins. Just uh, <laughs> just just a heads up there. I I do think that um that that's going to be one of the most interesting games of the NFL season because if you think the NFL is letting this game go by and it not be Tua versus Burrow, you're out of your freaking mind. Because I know the the yeah. rumor is Tua might not touch the field at all in 2020, but this game in week 13, there is no chance in hell the NFL lets this game happen without it being Tua versus Burrow. But I agree. I actually, I'm excited as a Bengals fan. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. It's 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 going to be cool to see a spotlight on our teams like that. And, you know, we're kind of – I think Miami's a little ahead of Cincinnati in terms of rebuilding, but we're kind of in the same boat right now, uh, except we just got rid of our problem in our division with Tom Brady going to the NFC South. So – we just we just have one hurdle to get over while your division's getting better and better every year unfortunately around you. Um I have the Bengals going 5 and 11 this year. Uh, I I just don't have much confidence in in um the offensive line of Cincinnati or or the young young defense that they have as well. I I don't know if their pass rush is going to be any good this year. Uh the secondary took a big time hit. I obviously the defensive line or the defensive tackles uh with dj reader and uh is it i don't want to sound like an idiot never mind i'm not going to do that right now but um 
I have them losing two of their or six of their last eight, which is going to be the the nail in the coffin. I mean, at Pittsburgh against Dallas, Pittsburgh again, Baltimore. I, I just the only two games I have them winning in that stretch are at Washington and at Houston. But I do have, you know, there are some flex games in here, like the Giants, uh, the Colts, the the Browns twice that could very easily flip into Cincinnati's favor. So. I'll set the cap at you know seven and nine team this year, which which is a huge step up from two and fourteen. I, I would be ecstatic with seven and nine. Um, I think we'll agree to disagree on beating the Miami Dolphins, but um, <laughs> the schedule gets hard at the end with the Steelers and the Ravens. And I think the Texans are going to be good despite um, Bill O'Brien down there being a complete idiot. Um, but you know we'll roll through the Skins, the Giants, and the Dolphins and call it a good season in my mind. Uh, so I also have you guys at five and eleven, but I have y'all beating the uh, Ravens in Week Seventeen. Now it could be just because you know the Bengals are putting everything on the line; they're calling it the last game of the year, or the Ravens sit all their starters because they clinch a spot in the playoffs. Either way, I consider this a W for the Bengals. Um, Chargers Week One, Jaguars Week Four, Browns Week Seven, and the Redskins Week Eleven. I have you guys winning those. Um, still a long way to go, obviously. Um, Got to have a better offensive line. Got to upgrade the defense. But like we said, slow and steady. They made some great progress this offseason, hitting great key points in the draft. So I expect next year and even the following year, they're going to just continue to get better. And it's going to be exciting to see. You know, I'm assuming as a Bengals fan, this is some really good times, you know, because now you can't say if they if they win it in two years that you're, a, you know, a bandwagon fan. <laughs> no, definitely not. And I, I, it's exciting as when we drafted Carson Palmer, and I said that man's leading us to the Super Bowl, and I truly believed it. And then 2005, when he went down with that torn ACL, when Kimo von Olhoff and uh, I like to refer to him as Baltimore uh, took him out in the first play of the offensive um, game, it it just it crushed me because that was the season that we could have actually won it all because we were that good. And then again, 2015 with Dalton. And I feel like Burrow's going to have an opportunity to, to maybe take us all the way. And as a Bengals fan, that's all you can hope for, because really all we want to see is one Super Bowl. If we all see one Super Bowl in our lifetime, mail it in. Happy to see it. I can die a happy man. I mean, I agree with that with the Dolphins for sure. I mean, we, we have the same the same outlook on it. It's been since the 70s for us, so it's really, really not that much better. Well, hey, Keith, uh, I want to give you a chance to deliver your final thoughts here, and then we're going to head on out. Okay. Well, um, my final thoughts would be a message to all the Bengal fans. I'm with you. I love you. We're going to do this together. It's going to be an exciting season with Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and all the other great guys that we got on this team. And just got to be patient. Um, You know, in in Bengals we trust, and um, I just want to see that, to see a Super Bowl ring. That's all I want. I want to cry in that stadium and, and host the Lombardi with the team. And um, please follow my blog, BengalsGM.com, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring with you as a fan. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, Keith, we appreciate you giving us your time today, and good luck to your Bengals. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Keith. Have a good one. All right. So, Marcus, we're going to sign off here. But I want to sign off with this is going to be our new sign off. Well, I, I we can debate about this if you want, but I I want this to be the new sign off because this was always my sign off on the radio, and I come to an agreement for me to keep it. All right, okay. So we're gonna get out of here, guys. We will see you on Monday when we start the NFC West. Until then, put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. We'll see you then.